The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everybody, it's 741. Um, we are on the heels of bowls being announced. We are on the heels of Virginia Tech becoming a first-place team in the ACC after one game of ACC play. Um, we have chaos. We have anger. We have elation. We have a lot to talk about. So, Ed, we got a little joint podcast here. We are going to talk about bowl season. We're going to talk about Virginia Tech's bowl. We're going to talk about the playoff. And we're going to talk about basketball. Um, so start with basketball, moving into, uh, bowl stuff, kind of free balling here. Okay. No underwear, just kind of free balling on this podcast, but that's what we're going to do tonight. Ed, how are you doing? My friend? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Virginia tech was able to eke out a win against Louisville. Um, that one was way more stressful than I had anticipated it being for the majority of the game, but they were able to get things done. We got our bowl announced after just a disgustingly long delay by the ACC. Um, I think our bowl might have been the last one announced. So uh, that was kind of frustrating. But, you know, Hokie's got a win. Hokie's got a bowl. So it's uh, exciting times in Blacksburg. But um, if we're going to talk basketball, we Mike and I haven't recorded since before the Auburn game. So we'll touch on this first, but who better to talk about the Auburn game than someone who made the drive down there himself. Billy Ray Mitchell was in the building on Auburn's campus. So how was your trip to Auburn? Uh, thoughts on the arena, thoughts on the town, brag on Auburn for a second. I mean, Auburn's awesome. Very, very similar to Virginia tech in terms of like layout school culture. Fun fact: uh, Auburn's campus was designed architecturally by the same person who designed UVA's campus. Uh, saw that, saw that, thought that was pretty cool. I went down with uh, my godfather, John Margadana. He went to Auburn, was on, on one of those unclaimed national title teams when Bo Jackson was there. Anyway, he had never been to a game. He went to school with Charles Barkley. Said he was too busy, never had a chance to go over. Um, Virginia Tech lost this game 57 to 74. Before we dive into the basketball side of things, I'm going to give you my... Billy Ray usually watches football, but has fun at basketball games. So here's his high level, high level thoughts. Number one, Auburn, really awesome place to watch a basketball game. Very, um, I don't want to call it intimate, but it reminded me a lot of Carneseca, uh Stadium in the Bronx, which is where St. John's plays when they're not at Madison Square Garden. The student body, or as they call it, I think they call it the jungle, is right up on the court, right behind the press box. Um, it was loud. I saw a couple of tweets. I probably did a bad job videoing it, um, but it was sold out. It was posted everywhere that was sold out. It was loud. The fans were into it. They were excited. Um, and the one thing that really stood out was from beginning to end, wow, Auburn is so athletic. They're so long. 
and they can play a ton of dudes. Um, there were a ton of fouls in this game. It seemed like they could just throw body after body after body on the court um, and never got tired. A lot of pressure, full court press. Um, those were kind of my very high level, uh, high level observations. Yeah. Auburn's a really cool town. I think it's very similar to Blacksburg, just a little bit bigger and with better weather, but, um, yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, Johnny Broom was the best player on the floor and we kind of knew that going into the game. Um, he had 30 for Auburn. He was fantastic. And like you just mentioned, um, they play a lot of guys. They had 10 guys play double digit minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, that's insane. And I mean, obviously some of that was due to mop up duty, but like Katie Johnson played 12 minutes. That's a guy who plays a lot for them. Mm -hmm. uh, he's been there for a long time playing in Bruce Pro system. So uh, they play a lot of guys. Um, they're really, really physical. They absolutely hound you. That's that's Coach Pearl style. Um, and then they've got a guy in Johnny Broom who had 30 and seven. And they've got a five-star point guard, true freshman, Aiden Holloway, who didn't even score in this game. Um, it was really just kind of Broom and a bunch of dudes playing really good defense. Virginia Tech turned the ball over 21 times. Um, outrageously bad. That's a whole Pretty number. Pretty crazy things to look at as well. Uh, it's it's a crazy box score to look at if, if you just yeah. want to go back and look at it. Um, two leading scorers of the game were Broom and Cam Baker Mazzara. Uh, they had 30 and 15. But then if you look at everybody else that played for Auburn, and I'm just talking about guys who scored points. There were a lot of zeros on here. Two, two, three, nine, two, three, eight, and then a bunch of zeros. So it was... It was really a really a two man show when it came to scoring, um, but an unbelievable amount. I'm trying to find how many free throws were shot in this game. Let me also say that free throws were not the reason that we lost this basketball game, uh, and fouls was not the reason that we lost this basketball game. I was actually shocked that Virginia Tech was able to hold it together for as long as they were. They were they were in the beginning of the game. Auburn jumps out to a huge lead, and then there are these stretches where Auburn would miss. Uh, really good looks uh, and Virginia Tech was actually able to keep it in that like seven to 12 range. And then towards the end of the game, I got out of control. Um, there was fouls wise. There was 24 on Auburn, 25 on Virginia Tech. Auburn shot 36 free throws. We shot 31. So it was a lot of that going on all mm -hmm. night on both sides. Um, made life difficult. That's what Auburn does. It's a cool environment. Um, it's a, it's a tenacious hounding type program and style that they play. And Virginia Tech just didn't handle it well. Uh, I thought it might have been the worst game of Sean Padula's career at Virginia Tech. Honestly, he was he really, really struggled with all that ball pressure and uh, didn't get a whole lot of help in terms of alleviating it. He had four points. He had seven turnovers. Um, so just a just a brutal game. But that's kind of what Auburn does. They speed you up. They play really physical. And they make you turn the ball over. And then they take advantage on the other end. So um, Virginia Tech just didn't handle that pressure well against a really good team. Um I'm good to move on from that one. <laughs> yeah, a couple, couple last things. I mean, again, just, just box score funnies here. Um, Auburn shot 38% and shot 12.5% from three. Um, you know, this this is one of those games you don't just bury the tape because you want to forget about the result. You bury the tape because it was one of the – it was one of the worst – it was most hit, one of the most hideous basketball games I've ever watched. Um, but had a great time at Auburn. Had a great time at that uh, at that Coliseum. Um, would love to go back for football. Would love to go back for basketball. Oh, it's an elite place to go see football. Jordan mm -hmm. Hare is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. One bright spot was Jaden Young when I shot him out. 24 minutes off the bench. He had nine points, three of four from three. Um, he 
played really well in, in the most amount of minutes he's played in his young career. So shout out to Jaden Young and Brandon Rexhanner with his sick uh, falling away hook shot to end the first half. That was a pretty cool little play too. So let me let me say, let me say, let me say one more thing. Um, that we've moved past this dialogue, but it was something that was happening in the moment that really bothered me. A lot of people were like complaining that this was poor scheduling on Virginia Tech's part, that the men had to go to Auburn and the women had to go to LSU. Um, I would love, even if this is the result, to be testing our teams in environments like this. Like if your attitude is like we're going to difficult place to play against good team to play against and you're anti that, um, I don't understand that thought process at all. It's how you make your teams better. Virginia Tech women's basketball will be, I know we're talking about the men right now, but Virginia Tech women's basketball will be better for uh, after their experience at LSU. I believe the men's team will be better after their uh, time at Auburn. So um, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was pretty ridiculous dialogue. They also have no control over it. So yeah, yeah, you know, so whatever. Um, Louisville? Louisville. ACC play, the, the very odd thing the ACC does where they start ACC play a week before they actually start ACC play. Um, so our first game was Louisville at home, a team that was projected to finish very, very near the bottom, if not the bottom of the ACC. Um, and I'll talk about why I think that's kind of unfair in a second. But Virginia Tech knocked off Louisville by a score of 75 to 68 in a game where they were favored by like 14. So Virginia Tech did not cover. Um, in large part due to the fact, and I talked about this on the Twitter space after the game, tune into those if you want to talk basketball after the game ends. We always do those on Sons of Saturday's Twitter page. Um, we struggled to shoot the ball from the guys who really know how to do it. Uh, Tyler Nickel, one of six from three. Sean Padula, 0 of three. Hunter Couture, one of three. Uh, your three best shooters, who in my opinion all are kind of like 40% three-point shooters, combined for two of 12. Um, I think if those guys even have a slightly decent shooting night, we run away with this thing, win by double digits, and nobody's worried. But um, they struggled from three, and as a result, the offense had some stagnant points. Um, and they were saved by a combination of Lynn Kidd and MJ Collins in his first game back from his uh, brief injury that he had. MJ Collins had his best game of his career, a best game of his year, maybe the best game of his career. I'd have to go back and look at that, but. MJ was awesome, and Lane Kidd continues to just be an absolute dominating force in the interior. And I know Billy Ray's a big Lane Kidd guy. So, um, extremely impressed with MJ Collins. Really happy for him because the dialogue around him, uh, understandably so, over the last couple of games has been pretty negative. Um, the the one thing uh, or a couple of things that I want to point out, we mentioned this on the space. I want to mention it here as well. Um, Virginia Tech was able to get to the free throw line twenty seven times. They were able to make twenty two of their free throws. I think that's something that in Mike Young's career uh, we have struggled with getting to the free throw line uh, and making free throws. This is one of the better free throw shooting teams in the country. Um, and uh, I think that that's made a huge difference. If you go back and you look at the games that we've played well in versus the games that we've gotten handled, the free throw line pays a big dividend in that. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the game? I have a couple of like, um, uh, moving forward, big picture questions about the basketball team. If I had to mention anything else, um, yeah, I don't really have anything uh, crazy outside of that, except for the fact that this was another game where in the last five minutes, it was a combination of Louisville doing stupid things with the basketball and Virginia Tech playing opportunistic defense down the stretch. Um, 
so th- those are my last two observations on on this game specifically. Yeah, I want to talk about Louisville for a second, just because I don't think um, they're getting enough credit. They they're not as bad as they were last year, right? They've already matched their win total for last year, which is insane. Um, but they're you know their four losses were a weird one to Chattanooga, then they lost to Texas by one, lost to Indiana by eight, and now they lose to Virginia Tech on the road. Um, they're not as bad as they were projected to be. And I was shocked when I looked this up. I'll actually, oh, Billy Ray dropped, so I'll just keep going by myself. Um, Louisville has eight four stars on their roster. Um, I was pretty blown away when I saw that stat after the game. Um, They have eight four stars and a five star on that roster. So there's not a lack of talent on Louisville's basketball team right now. Um, And I think that they'll figure out how to get things going as the season progresses. But Sky Clark is a guy who came out of high school, extremely highly rated. Um, Huntley Hatfield, who had 14 and nine tonight, was five-star recruit. So there's no shortage of talent on that roster. And I think they'll find ways to put it together and be competitive in the ACC. Um, I thought Virginia Tech did a really good job handling their athletic athletic ability um, in order to, you know, squeak out this win. But uh, overall, not a whole lot to think, to talk about here with this game. It was just really poor shooting, and then Link hit and MJ Collins balling out and bailing Virginia Tech out. But again, I've talked about this with MJ Collins, and now it, you know progression to the mean there tonight for him. I expect the same for Hunter Couture, Sean Padula, and Tyler Nichol as the year goes on. Everyone's going to get back to where they should be in terms of their shooting percentages when the season's all said and done. Um, those three guys are not going to combine to go two of twelve on good clean looks from three most nights. So. Um, turn the page on to Valparaiso, but what were your, uh, what were your finishing thoughts here on basketball? Yeah. Um, before we get into kind of like, uh, the overall ACC, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. Um, I think the success of this basketball team hinges on hinges on two things. Um, number one, and we were talking about this on the phone, the team's not going to be very good. If Sean Padula is not very good. Um, Sean Padula is talented. Sean Padula can score. Sean Padula can, uh, dish the ball out. Sean Padula has proven that he can be one of the best point guards in the ACC. He has had a very tough five-game stretch. Um, I went ahead and pulled his last five games. In the last five games, he's 17 for 56, which is 30%, 21 turnovers, 19 assists. Again, not being hard on Sean. He's having a really, really difficult time. The team's going to struggle if he struggles. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, So that's number one. Number two – We've said it on every, uh, on basically every podcast, every space, every everything. This team has to find a way to get a third score. Um, you have Sean Padula when he's playing well. You have Hunter Couture, and then you have Lynn, you have Lynn Kidd, who's kind of serving as one. But out of Robbie Beeren, out of uh, Tyler Nickel, out of MJ Collins stepping up for a game, you have to have three options. The Hokies have like one and a half right now, so. There, a lot of these guys are shooting uncharacteristically bad right now. But if this team is going to take that step and put itself in a conversation to be a tournament team, they're going to have to identify another scoring guard. I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, I agree. I've been kind of beating that horse for a while now. Tonight it was MJ Collins. Uh, you know, I think we don't play again until Saturday. Saturday it might be Tyler Nichol. Um, you could could be nights where it's Brandon Rex Steiner, but somebody every night has to be in addition to Sean Padula, Hunter Couture, and Lynn Kidd scoring the basketball. And so far, they've gotten next to no offensive production from the four spot, which is a combination of Barron and 
Long, who I'll talk about really quickly in a second. Um, so you need a wing to be able to be a scoring threat. Maybe MJ Collins likes coming off the bench because he looked a lot more like himself today than he has in any game the, to this point this season. I mean, he looks just like MJ Collins from last year um, in terms of his explosion, his attitude, his ability to get to the rim, draw fouls. He was seven of seven from the line tonight. Um, and then he even knocked down some threes, which is he literally had not done to, until tonight. So no, I maybe mean, Collins likes to come off the bench. Who knows? With, with him too, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that he wasn't scoring. I'm not going to come on here and say MJ Collins is a, is a phenomenal scorer. He just looked he he looked like he looked like a freshman. He looked like a guy, and in, in all of the games this year, he looked like a guy who hadn't played minutes before, and that's not what we're expecting out of MJ. Um, and I'm hoping that whether it's coming off the bench, whether it's taking a few games that he did uh, or a game or a few games, we play so unoften and off routine. I have no idea how many games we play when a week. Yeah, we got to get ACC. Like, like I have no idea how many games in a week we play. We can play one, we can play three. I have no idea. Um, but um, very much looked uh, looked like if you don't look at the box score, looked like the guy that we kind of expect in terms of uh, his body language and everything else. So uh, you want to talk about Makai Long? Start started off. I mean, I just love him. I I, I yeah, love watching him. Right. Play. I love yeah. watching him play. Like he just bails you out all the time. Mm. It steals constantly, pushing the ball up the floor is something that he does really well. That a couple like we kind of lack sometimes. He's pretty mm. good at that. And the rebounding is out of control. Like he gets every rebound when he's on the floor. Yeah. He had eight tonight. He had two on offense. Honestly, felt like he had more than that. Yeah. Um, I the point, team I almost by like 15 rebounds. I was shocked mm-hmm. to see he only had eight. Uh, but he's just awesome. I mean, he he fills that role and fills it so perfectly. 27 minutes tonight off the bench. He started the second half. I wonder if that's foreshadowing of things to come. But um, he had 27 minutes tonight to Barron's 13. Um, just just love watching him play. He's just absolute mm-hmm. grinder and something this team needs desperately. Talk about a team. I'm looking at uh, kind of the splits here for this game. Uh, Virginia Tech outscored Louisville. What was it? 20, uh, 31 to 10 on the bench. Louisville only played one player off the bench for more than six minutes, and that was uh, T. Johnson. So, uh, look, good win. The last, like, big picture thing I want to say, so if you look at it right now, the latest Ken Palm numbers have Virginia Tech sitting at 66 you mentioned getting into ACC play and you mentioned the importance of like, you're going to have very few opportunities to get big wins when we get out of conference play here. I mean, we're talking about Vermont being a big game. It is. They beat Yale today. I'll retweet how they beat Yale. It was pretty crazy. Um, But if you go ahead and you look at Ken Palm for the ACC, not your typical ACC. Uh, the teams that are ranked ahead of us right now in Kempom, North Carolina comes in at 12, Duke 17, Virginia 27, Clemson 28. So only four teams in the top 30. Then you got to do a little bit of scrolling. 46, Miami, I think they'll move up. Pittsburgh 57. And then you get to Virginia Tech at 66, followed by NC State at 68, Florida State at 71, Wake Forest at 74. So ACC well, play... Wait, where was Clemson? Where did I not say Clemson? I might have missed Clemson. Uh, Clemson's at twenty-eight. I was gonna say right after not up there, then Ken Palm scratches program. Yeah, uh, they are. I mean, yeah. Look, the Ken Palm thing this early in the year, I don't care about at all. Um, I don't know how you can, for the most part. Like Duke is young; they're young every year. They're not great every year, and then all of a sudden they're right there at the end. Uh, they're five and three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But Clemson's seven and zero, North Carolina seven and one, Virginia's seven and one, Miami six and one, NC State's five and two, Texas six and three. Um, I, I think this conference will end up being just fine. But mm-hmm. you know, every year the whole the whole national perspective is the ACC is not good at basketball anymore, and then you know four ACC teams make runs to the Sweet Sixteen. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? Um, <laughs> it's still a good conference of basketball. Let's let's stop pretending like it's not. Well, you don't think you don't think you don't think it's down over previous years. The day no. the days of fi- the days of finishing eight, nine, ten in the ACC, you're probably not feeling great about getting into March. Oh well, no, it's probably like I mean, but I saw Lenardi's first stupid bracketology had it as a five team <laughs> league. I was like, get out of here yeah. with that. Yeah, Clemson's not a tournament team. Miami's not a tournament team. Duke, Virginia, North Carolina. There's five right there. So. Mm-hmm. I think you know Virginia Tech is going to com- be competing for the sixth or seventh spot in the conference. I think at most it's seven. It's a seven um, bid league, as that's how most leagues are. Uh, even the best league at, at any given year is like an eight bid league. So they're going to be competing with NC State. They're going to be competing with uh, Georgia Tech, who I think is sneaky good. Um, Wake Forest, who will have as our first real game of ACC play. Um, and then Syracuse has some talent. So it, it, it's going to be interesting how it shakes out. But there will be plenty of chances to get quad one and quad two wins, I guess, is my overall point. Last thing on basketball. Do you have any thoughts on the ACC-SEC challenge? That finished uh, tie. Uh, lo- oh, no. I definitely love it. But tied 7-7. Um, couple of interesting matchups. Uh, you saw Virginia handled business against Texas A&M. Texas A&M is banged up right now. Take that with a grain of salt. Uh, North Carolina scored 100 points on Tennessee. Uh, Boston College beat Vanderbilt. Uh, we talked about Virginia Tech. And then Duke lost to Arkansas. Uh, any any thoughts on that? Louisville did not participate due to there being a difference in how many teams are in each conference. But did you have any other thoughts on the ACC-SEC challenge? I mean, Georgia Tech beat a ranked 6-1 and one Mississippi State team. Um, Clemson handled Alabama. That was a really big win for Clemson. Um, South Carolina, who we lost to, and everyone said this, told me the sky was falling, is six and zero. LSU got destroyed by Syracuse. Uh, across the board, I thought it was pretty even competition, um, and I think very highly of the SEC and their basketball programs right now. So, I thought it was awesome. I'm excited for it to uh, swing back to Blacksburg next year. That'll be really cool. Um, I, I mean, traditionally, the way these things work is if you're on the road one year, you host the next. So, in theory. Uh, the Virginia Tech men and women should be hosting games in this challenge next year, which would be a pretty cool thing for for Blacksburg. Hopefully it's like back-to-back nights the way it was. Um, but no, I love it. I think it's awesome. And there were some really good games and some interesting results. I mean, Miami struggled against Kentucky. Kentucky's really good. Um, but Kentucky <laughs> beats Miami and then they lose to UNC Wilmington. It's just a weird time of the year. Don't take too much from any of this. Um, we good on basketball? Yeah, flip the page. Football time. All right, we have no notes. Um, we're more so just reacting to the craziness that happened um, with the playoff announcement today. Um, I want to start this with this. Um, it is what is what is the playoff? What is the invitational? What is written down on what their responsibilities are? So the college football playoff, I went over to their website, easily accessible. You can find it very easily. The selection committee's task will be to select the best teams in the selected other games and then assign the teams to sites. Here's the criteria. The selection committee will select 
the team's wishes amongst otherwise comparable teams by considering championships one, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition, comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting margin of victory, and other relevant factors such as unavailability of key players and coaches that may affect the team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason performance. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by The River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time. And when you talk about golf, Pebble Beach, Augusta, Bandon Dunes, dare I say Shinnecock, The River Course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home for the For Those to Come golf tournament. And look, if you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit. Feel good. Look good. Play good. And the cream of the crop. New annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee. And new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary lunch. The River Course, unparalleled greatness, unparalleled beauty, nestled right in Southwest Virginia. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. With that said, Ed, how did you feel about the field that they put out? Michigan number one, Washington number two. Feel like that's completely agreeable, understandable. Texas at number three, and Alabama bumping Florida State for that fourth spot. What was your initial reaction? That was exactly what I had tweeted out the night before. Um, That's what I wanted it to be. That's what I thought it should be. And it's for exactly that number five metric or uh, you know checkbox that Florida State didn't check. It's unfortunate. I, I, I feel bad for Florida State. I feel bad for Jordan Travis more than anything else. Um, but it, it's they have five criteria, and they very, very clearly don't meet one of them, and that is unavailability of key players. I mean, he's a Heisman-level quarterback who, when they didn't play for them their last two games, they looked suspect against – you know, people will say, oh, they beat a ranked Louisville team. Okay, Louisville lost to a middle-of-the-level SEC team the week before. So – we're going to play this game. Let's play this game. Um, I just feel bad for Florida state. I feel horrible for Jordan Travis, but they are not a top four team without him. I think if they play their entire schedule without him this year, Virginia tech finishes higher than Florida state does. Um, It just, it is what it is. And I think, you know, Alabama on the same night, that Florida state passed for 55 yards, Alabama beat a team that had won 29 straight games and two, including two national championships. You can't just ignore that. Those two things happened the same time. Um, and I don't really think it's as much of an Alabama versus Florida State thing as it is a Texas versus Florida State thing. Because if Georgia had won, 
Georgia would have been number one. Michigan would have been number two. Washington would have been number three. And based on what the committee did today, Texas would have been number four. And Florida State's still out. So Florida State needed to look convincing offensively in either the Florida or the Louisville game. And they just didn't. And it's unfortunate, but that's injuries are part of this. I mean, if Michael Penix goes down. How good is Washington? Probably not very. So it, it just it sucks. And I don't think it's an indictment on the ACC. I don't think it's an indictment on anything other than that was the fifth piece of criteria that is clearly laid out on that document you just read and Jordan Travis is hurt. Um, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I think a, a couple of things. Number one, um, I think that they ended on the correct result. Uh, I do think that a couple of the things that the committee did over the last couple of weeks put them in a little bit of a bad situation. For example, in week 13, the committee, understanding that Jordan Travis was hurt, left Florida State in the top four. As soon as Jordan Travis got hurt, if you set the expectation of bumping Florida State to five, six, or seven, they moved them to five, but if you put them at seven or six, you set the expectation that they have to come out and they have to win games. If you think back to 2014, everybody loves to reference the 2014 Ohio State team. Ohio State went and won their title game like 53 or 59 to nothing. They beat the piss out of Wisconsin. They left no doubt that they should be in, and they had some inferior teams that were listed, and they went on to win the national championship. When I went ahead and I tweeted that this is bad for college football, I'm not referencing that it's bad for the product that we're going to watch. It's not bad because the committee didn't do their job. They very much lived up to what they were supposed to do. It just bothers me that you're setting the expectation that on-the-field results don't seem to matter as much as they should. Now, they did when you look at Texas because a lot of people were saying, well, if you leave Florida State in, you bump Texas out, you put Alabama in. And if I'm taking Texas or Alabama, even I am going through this thought exercise of, well, Alabama's better. They should be in. Well, if you lose the head-to-head, you cannot do that. You can unequivocally cannot do that. Um, It sucks. This is the first year that – genuinely the the number four was a serious problem uh i think if you had eight you're looking at a really 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 fun playoff um you got oregon ohio state georgia florida state alabama texas washington michigan everybody's happy nobody is clamoring over the fact that missouri and penn state are not in the playoff um but from a viewer from a viewership standpoint i'm fired up about this playoff um do you have any initial thoughts on on who you feel really good about I tweeted the video out earlier. Um, I think Alabama is going to, I think Alabama is going to, is, I think Alabama is going to cause some people some problems. Yeah. I like Alabama a lot. Um, And one last thing on the Florida state issue. I, I don't think it's setting the expectation that not that playing the games doesn't matter because they played two games and they looked horrible offensively and that mattered. If they had played really well or played competently, they would have just brushed over the fact like they wouldn't have kept them out. And if Jordan Travis is healthy, they're probably the two seed in this thing. So I don't know. I don't think it's an indictment on anything other than there was there was a very key player injured. That's one of the criteria and it cost them. And that sucks. Um, They passed for 134 yards against Florida and 55 against Louisville. I did not want to see that against Michigan. That is not one of the best four teams in the country, period. I don't mean, I just, I don't know how you can argue it one way or the other that way, but. Um, can I split a hair? Huh? Can I split a hair here? I have, I have one qualm um, with, with the top six that came out. Oh yeah. I did not understand why Ohio state 
was not even referenced or talked about. Should they made the post, right? Excuse me. They were ranked seventh. So um, to me, if, if the, if your worst loss and only loss is to the number one team in your playoff, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just crazy how the, the way did you want them over? I would have them in the top six. I would probably have them over. I would probably have them over Georgia. I mean, what what was the ranking last week? So we. I don't know how you can have them over Georgia though. Georgia. So here's how you. Georgia. Here's here's how you have them over Georgia because Georgia this week lost to the eighth ranked college football playoff team this week when at when Ohio State lost to Michigan. Michigan was the second highest ranked team in the college football playoff. So, you know, it just didn't didn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I, excuse me. They lost to the third ranked team who eventually became the consensus number one. So it's just weird, right? Cause you look at it, you're heading into the final week of the season, Georgia pitches a no hitter for almost, you know, 700 days, 800 days has played amazing football. You lose a one score game in the sec title game and you are completely out of the playoff. You look at Ohio state plays great all year, has a better schedule than Michigan. You lose one game by less than a touchdown on the road to the number one team, and you do not make the playoff. This is the problem with four. This is the problem when you have some conferences that are really damn good. Um, And my last observation from title weekend was I I thought from Jump Street that the nine-and-a-half-point line for Washington, Oregon was – I can't think of a better word than disrespectful. I really did. I, I, I thought as soon as I saw that line, I took Washington. Um, there's been a lot of hype around Oregon. At the end of the day, they played one team all year, and that was Washington. You can argue with me about Oregon State. They played really well against Oregon State. That's fine. Um, but Washington, man, I think I think when I'm looking at this field, Washington is the one team that I think can maybe give Alabama Alabama problems, not necessarily because they'll match up athletically or especially in the trenches. They just can flat out score. So it's going to be interesting. I'm excited about it. Um, any last thoughts in the playoff before we dive into some of the other bowl games? I think the, the two matchups are also really cool stylistically. Alabama, Michigan. I think the over under when I looked at that was like 40 and then Texas Washington is like 63. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be two very differing styles of games, um, which will be fun to watch as well. I'm excited to watch Quinn Ewers, man. That guy can really, can really spin the ball. Um, those, then the Texas wide receivers and the Washington wide receivers are both just elite rooms. So that game's going to be really fun. And then I think Michigan Alabama is going to be an absolute slug fest. So I'm excited for both the games. It's also fun to know that it's not one side of the bracket is probably your national championship. I mean, Texas, Washington, True. Michigan, Alabama, you're, you're not saying, okay, well, if one team wins this game, they're going to win the title. I, I feel yeah, like this is the most like even it's been in a long time. So, uh, so we had bowl games come out. We'll talk about Virginia tech last. I just had a couple of high level observations here. Um, so a common fun theme that you're seeing is the big 10 versus the sec. It's the two, conferences that everybody kind of puts on a level above everybody else and you're going to see these two conferences go head to head a ton you got auburn versus maryland lsu versus wisconsin which i thought was interesting um wisconsin got a little bit of an unfavorable draw uh then you have iowa tennessee missouri ohio state ole miss penn state michigan alabama i think those are all going to be tremendous i think that's going to be a lot of fun i don't feel like we have gotten a lot of these like 
Big Ten SEC matchups. I don't feel like that. I'd be surprised if there was a year where there were six of these bowl matchups uh, and we get them all this year. So um, really excited about that. Any other bowl games that really interest you? I'm looking at them right now. It's just so it's so frustrating that you have no idea who's going to play in these games. Um, So I I would suggest if you have a good feel on some of these really large lines that somebody's not going to play, maybe jump on them. I'm just going to scroll down here and look at some of the games. So you got, you got Oregon playing Liberty in the Fiesta bowl. Uh, That'll be in Glendale, Arizona. Um, 19 and a half point line there. Uh, Feel free to interrupt me if you have any thoughts on any of these. Um, I think Nick's is playing by the way. I think landing. Bo next is going to play Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta. You got Ole Miss and Penn State one and a half point line. I think that has an opportunity to be a lot of fun. I would have loved to see that game in the regular season um, with everybody playing. Who knows? We'll play now. Missouri versus Ohio State. Um, I texted my buddy Casey, who's an Ohio State guy, uh, Drinkowitz or, or Alaya or whatever his name is. Gets on there, oh, he's making yeah. whatever his name is, man. He's making jokes. He goes, I got to call my, I'm getting a call from Connor Stallions. He's doing this literally on the selection show. I got to do some scout on Ohio State. He goes, Yeah, that's, that's spoken like a, t- a guy that's just happy to be there. Um, and I said, That's spoken like somebody who's not happy to be there and an Ohio State fan. So got a seven and a half line there. Florida State taking on Georgia. I think, depending on how badly Georgia wants to be there, that could be um, a hideous, hideous result um on the field there iowa tennessee man that is a that is another hideous game tony the tiger bowl notre dame versus oregon state think that is a chance to be pretty fun uh maryland auburn that'll be fun arizona oklahoma it just sucks man i'm looking at all these games i have no idea who's gonna play texas a&m versus oklahoma state is anybody from texas a&m gonna play in that game is there is anybody gonna play half that team's gonna be in the portal so I don't know. Virginia Tech gets the military bowl as we expected. Um, Everybody was thrown into a little bit of a tizzy because the ACC um, in ACC fashion or whoever was responsible for it was not anticipating Florida State missing the bowl games or the playoffs. So when they do, everybody's bidding over these final teams and Virginia Tech does end up in the military bowl, but West Virginia was in the Duke's Mayo bowl. And then you start going through these scenarios in your head. You're like, Oh my gosh, we could have a black diamond matchup in Charlotte and they might take UNC, but will they take UNC? Cause UNC was just, they just ate a ton of Mayo two years ago. They were just in the Mayo kickoff game this year. They can't possibly want any more mayonnaise. So UNC should probably go get a physical check out their cholesterol levels. Cause for the third time, in 600 days, they're going to be playing in some sort of Duke's affiliated uh, fiesta going on here. So initial thoughts on Annapolis taking on Tulane, who is a very good football team. Um, their quarterback, not sure if he's going to play. Their coach took another job. But what are your thoughts on that? I think it's an interesting matchup. Um, I'm glad it's not SMU just because SMU is about to be in the ACC. So I didn't really want to play them in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if Michael Pratt's going to play. Uh, obviously, they don't have a coach at the moment, so it'll be an interim situation there. Um, I I've, don't know a whole lot about Tulane other than, you know, they were 11-2 and two this year, and uh, they slipped up and lost to SMU. Otherwise, they would have been in a New Year's Six Bowl where Liberty is. 
uh, had a great season. They beat USC in their bowl game last year. Uh, good football program, but it sounds like they might have a lot of opt-outs and transfer portals and things like that, which you'd expect from a good team who's going to have guys go to the NFL and when they lose their coach. So uh, it'll be interesting to see which two-lane team shows up. But overall, it's a cool matchup. We're not going to get very often in a place where there'll be a lot of Hokies. Um, and it seems like Virginia Tech should have a pretty good showing in terms of uh, players. APR announced he's back. I would assume that means he plays in the bowl game, which will be exciting. Um, other than that, we haven't really had a whole lot of transfer portaling in, in Blacksburg yet. But, um, you know, if the Hokies have their full outfit and two lanes down a few guys, it should be an interesting game. I think the line is like Virginia Tech minus three and a half I saw. Obviously, we got a ways to go until we get there. But that was the initial line I saw. I'm excited for it. I'll, I'm going to. I'm going to try to get down there to Navy Marine Corps Stadium and amazing Annapolis. I love Annapolis. It's a great town and be full of Hokies. So I'm excited. Virginia Tech, three and a half point favorites against Tulane. This game is on December 27th at, is it 2 p.m. or is it 2.30? 2 p.m. Are you going to go? I'm going to try to go. I mean, two o'clock on a Wednesday kind of stinks, but I'm going to try to go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we will get uh, the brain trust together, figure out if we're trying to do, uh, I got a text from my buddy, Joey Sullivan today. He says, Hey, are we doing a party bus? Are we doing a bar? What is the situation? I said, I brother that I found this out uh, about an hour ago. Um, not sure. Not sure what we're going to do, but we'll try to do something cool. I anticipate we'll get some folks down there, but both season is here. Uh, regular season and uh, conference championships are over. We have army Navy coming up next week. Um, which will be fun. Any last thoughts? Army Navy uh, total. I think it was like twenty four or something like that. <laughs> games always, games always just a complete mud ball. But I'm excited for that one. And yeah, I mean, interesting wild weekend in college football. Um, and then obviously now you know we've got a few weeks until until the games kick back up. Watch some college basketball and get ready for the bowl season. Feldarius Payne, last note. Feldarius oh, Payne yeah. will not be back next football season. Uh, I saw this from Kobe Crawford. He tweeted this out about 45 minutes ago. I'm curious if he'll play in the bowl game. I'm assuming he does. Um, I actually didn't know he had eligibility left. And then kind of reading through the thread, there was a question about a potential medical red shirt. So who knows? Feldarius Payne, great year this year. Thought he got shafted a little bit on the ACC. Um selections this year um but that is really the only relevant news to be completely honest the transfer portal we haven't even talked about it daquan wright is entering the transfer portal that's really kind of in terms of guys that played this year um the only news i know that we saw who else entered uh bryce duke entered the transfer portal um every Christian single Ross. kid every single kid from the state of virginia that was on north carolina's roster has entered the transfer portal that's interesting too um so we'll see. We'll see. Um, that is it from us. Um, not sure when we'll be recording again. Uh, I know we'll have a preview for the military bowl coming out closer to that. If you know anybody from Tulane, not sure. I know a lot of people. Um, I know it's in Louisiana. Um, my quarterback from high school sister went there. She studied like astrophysics and engineering. Um, not sure how much something, something like yeah, I know it had engineering in it. I don't know, biomechanical, uh, some sort of engineering. Um, so anyway, that's a podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, please like the video, please subscribe to the channel, please leave us a review if you're listening on the podcast, and uh, we will be talking to you all soon. Go hokies, go sports, enjoy the games. We'll talk to you later.
Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. To you and say